welcome to Creative Paths, the podcast that features unfiltered conversations about creative journeys. I'm your host, Sam Cole. I speak to creators from across the globe about their unique experiences and proudest moments, as well as the lessons they've learned along the way. Creative Paths is brought to you by Contact. It's the platform where creatives, models, photographers, and more find work and get paid, and where clients book the world's most diverse creative talent. Visit contact.xyz for more information. Today, I'm joined by Alex James. Alex is a British-born multimedia artist. His practice spans diverse media, including painting, sculpture, video, and installation. Alex graduated with a Bachelor of Arts degree from Camberwell College of Arts in London, where he studied illustration from 2012 to 2015. His work has been exhibited all over the world, in London, Berlin, Paris, and New York, and he's worked with a multitude of different brands and fellow creatives to deliver some really exciting creative projects. Today, we're going to break down Alex's journey and get to know a little bit more about his work. So I wanted to basically start off getting to know a bit more about what you do, how you describe your art, and kind of what the process was for you to get to where you are now in terms of you know, working on exhibitions, collaborations, and so on. Nice. Um, so, yeah, so right now, I, I've kind of, since I was away for six months from last December to June, and I guess since I've come back, I've kind of been building this body of work, which which I've been really focused on. And it's been quite interesting because it's entailed, like, a lot of experimentation and taken me to lots of, I guess, new ends of my work, which I, which I guess you don't really always realize until you try it. So as f- for the past sort of like three, four months, I've just been really focused taking what I've been making, which is a lot of portraits and, and painting and stitching into them and looking at some larger scale works and, and trying to like categorize and make sense from what I've made, reflecting on that and sort of seeing where to take it in the next step for the next exhibition so lots of exciting things planned it's just i realize i've slowed things down and I'm, I'm really like reflecting on a lot more than just say i would have maybe a year and a half ago that's cool and that's really good i mean it's i think it's positive to hear when people say they've had that opportunity to slow down and kind of you know bring the pace back a little bit and really make sure everything's meaningful beforehand early days how did you really decide that you know art was the avenue you wanted to pursue and what were like the initial steps to get started as an artist yeah it's a good question I think when I was at school I started kind of drawing and taking photographs and I think I I realized maybe (laughs) I had like ADHD growing up at school I don't think I actually officially have it but I think I just got distracted really easily and some of the deficits of ADHD is being distracted. So I feel like when it came to a lot of my subjects, I was not interested at all. I always enjoyed English because I enjoyed sort of short stories and writing. But apart from that, everything was just drawn towards, I guess, like expression within art, whether it's photos or collaging, drawing, and then later on, I got into painting. So it started at school and then I, once I started, I didn't want to do anything else. So I went to art school. Um, I went to Leeds College of Art for a year and then came back to Camberwell in London and did my degree there in illustration with animation. Yeah. So 
that was good. And then later sort of finished school and then realized in the last two years of that degree, I was already painting a lot. And I, that was sort of, that was the focus that I wanted to go down. Cool. So when you were like, when you were in school and maybe more so coming out of that and where you are now, do you feel like that environment benefited you in terms of, you know, developing your style and really figuring out what you wanted to do with your art? Or do you think that you could have ended up on the same path without it? Yeah, I wonder that sometimes. I don't particularly know. I think it it definitely helped. I would say 100% helped more. I don't know. I think you do always find it, but I've, I guess it's whether you find it earlier in life or later in life, right? Um, mm-hmm. It depends as well, I guess, on your upbringing, whether you have creative parents that really push you in that direction because that would also determine whether you'll reach it quicker or not. Like my mum always was very heavily involved in fashion growing up. Uh, she went to Vogue and then later on, I guess not so much. And then my dad as well, kind of, he's an engineer. So I guess he's creative in a sort of different context, but not none of them were ever in the arts or, or did anything. So I guess it's sort of, yeah, I don't know if I hadn't gone to, would I have done it? Yeah, like my grandfather, he, he always used to draw with me when I used to go to his house. So there were interests there, but I think you do need someone to just push you at the beginning, just until you find that passion yourself and then it will just run. So I guess each story is always different. But for me, I'm grateful that my school was quite creative and pushed me because I wonder if, at what point I would have maybe just realized. I think you do always find it, but yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to look at it in that way, I think, because obviously you see some people won't really come to that point until a lot later in their life. But you know that spark's always kind of been there. And it's kind of just that thing of figuring out how do you nurture that in the right way to, you know, bring it to fruition. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really an interesting one. And I guess everything, I believe like things happen for a reason. So if that is a belief system of yours, then I think things will just find itself. But I, I know friends of mine who are a bit older than me, they're doing really exceptionally well in the art world and um they didn't find it till like a bit later you know and then they kind of had really been successful in a shorter period so it just it isn't i don't think there's a certain time frame but i do think it it obviously helps to start from an earlier age because it's a process like it's, it really is like you really develop with age in this and i think you just mature and you see you kind of your decision making within your work becomes more crucial so that comes of age definitely yeah i totally agree i'm a big believer in like you know universal timing being like a a divine thing so i'm with you on that i mean so in terms of your work and like you said you know maturing with your work where would you say you get most of your inspiration from now and how does that differ from earlier on in your career and how you kind of figured things out then and pulled ideas from the world yeah i think it comes in so many different formats um the obvious ones are obviously going to see regular shows and exhibitions um going to just i think that's important like you all as an artist you need to be going to like a lot of openings you need to be seeing what's happening now i think you need to see what's not just happening now but what's been going on there are so many movements within Oh, and I think London really is hospitable for that. You've got so many of the best museums in the world that help you. So research is definitely important. But then at the same time, 
I find writing helps me a lot. I need to write my thoughts down and ideas and I need to get it all out. Otherwise it just sort of bubbles up and it becomes, it just becomes a bit toxic and I start overthinking things too much. So I say writing is a big source of my um, ideas. And I'd say sometimes just having like weirdly late nights and you know, those times when you're just sort of, you can't sleep and you're just in bed and you're maybe messing about on your phone or, if you've read a little bit, but then I don't know, and then you just go and watch something. I, I just being up late necess- unnecessarily sort of helps me too, because I find that's like an interesting time. You're quite isolated at that point in the evening, staying up late. There's not that many distractions. So I think you start, you can think deeper into what maybe you've been wanting to work out. Uh, sometimes you get somewhere, sometimes you get nowhere. So I think it's, I want to say it's sort of split it's almost consciously making the effort to look at exhibition shows, seeing what's up there. You know, you find artists that you personally have admiration for. And then I say the other side of it is almost finding that research and then almost not doing anything with it, letting that time outside of your studio really take you and, um, and find and just, and sort of just actually switching off, you know, existing in the world and going for whether, you know, I quite like to, not now since I've been in London, but when I, when I was away, when I was living in Cape Town for six months, I was going for a lot of long walks every evening and, and in the morning. And I think just switching off and yeah, switching off really helps. Um, that's sort of when you start picking up ideas and things just around you. Yeah. It's amazing how, uh, you kind of just absorb the world when you haven't got the, you know, distractions of the everyday around you. Cause you don't really think about it like that when you're just you know, going about the paces of your daily schedule or your week to week. And these things just kind of filter through naturally from the world. And it's, it's quite fantastic. You know, it's amazing. Thank you. No, it's good. It's, it is amazing. I think it's quite interesting how things play out and you pick, you almost plant a seeds and then it, you sort of, it grows at different points and then you spot it and then you start noticing the patterns and then through that, it blossoms into something well you hope anyway (laughs) sure yeah yeah i mean i guess the reverse of that then is you know those moments when you have creative block and i mean if you're if you're someone that does suffer with that then how do you work through it yeah that i've recently just come out of so i know all about it i think you've got to let it just flow so if uh if you're feeling that way don't fight it just keep working and if it isn't working out then don't try any further that day just get up and do something else that can be practical maybe yeah whether it's going to see you know leaving the studio I find actually helps me because it's sometimes those irritations when you're in there and you're not producing what you usually can produce and it's like why am I not doing this and then you start getting yourself in this rabbit hole so I think personally speaking I try not to think about it too much. Like if it's not my day, I'll just get up and leave and I'll just try and do something else. That's the best way I've personally found getting out of it. No, I think that's a, it's a great way to look at it. Cause I mean, it does become a problem when you really try and battle something like that. You know, it's almost the same as when you're in quite like a deep rut or depressed and you try and work too hard against it that you end up just digging yourself a bigger hole as opposed to just, you know, taking that time to just be like right let me see how the world helps me get around this exactly so i mean i think it would be good to talk a bit about like some of your exhibitions because i think 
exhibitions for new artists or people that are just kind of coming out of education and trying to figure their way around things can be quite a daunting or scary thing. So for you, like, what was it like to do your first exhibition? And, you know, how did it come about? How did you manage to put that together? I remember it was, I think it was like 2015 or 16. I was so young and just trying to work out. I, I made a body of work in my mum's little garage and then it was straight from art school and I wanted to just exhibit it. Yeah, I kind of had built enough that I felt comfortable enough to put it out there. Met up with someone who was running this small art gallery, funny enough, in the upstairs of this sort of, it was like this venue. It was, it was an interesting space. It was quite industrial. And I remember but they kind of, they were good in one respect because they obviously gave me the space, but it was very much like left your own device, which was great. But at the same time, I, I kind of, I found it tricky and I learned a lot from that time. But I think in general, you just putting exhibitions on comes from, yeah, I think you just, the most important thing is, it might sound obvious, but it is just focusing in on the work. And things mm. will just happen. People will reach out. People want you to be in group shows, solo shows, whatever it may be. Uh, so when I was younger, I didn't, I don't know. I was just sort of, I was just trying to make work and I was emailing a lot. And yeah, I, and some came through, some didn't. I went away. I traveled a bit. I did a residency in Berlin. I, I did a lot actually when I finished. I did a lot of residencies and that helped, I think meet a lot of interesting curators and other artists and then through that you put work on with them so i'd say any advice to someone younger it would be to finish art school or where or if they haven't studied at art school and try and get into some nice artist residencies in london or abroad and it's good to do it anyway because it's good for your head to make work outside of the usual context so yeah do you think that social media and our reliance on social media has made all of that easier now? Or do you think it also has its drawbacks? I think it's definitely helped a lot because it's there's direct contact between an artist and someone just say in another country who's running a gallery. Like, you know, I've been speaking a lot with people in Italy and Mexico and, and obviously Cape Town and France. So I think it's, yeah, it's definitely, it's a platform that I think if you use it correctly can obviously be used to your advantage. I just think people get very obsessed with it and that's when it becomes an issue because they don't know how to switch off from a social media platform. They just can't stop scrolling. I'm quite good. I kind of turn my notifications off in the day. I just, if I'm using it, I'll use it. And then when I'm in the studio, I'll just, um, make sure nothing's distracting me so yeah it's it's definitely an incredible platform that's helped bridge people together you know especially if you're younger and you're starting out and you just want to try and get your work out there i think it's a good platform and just if you haven't been given any exhibition opportunities but i think there's just a balance it's finding that fine line right like just use it to the degree that makes you happy and comfortable with your work and not to overuse it right? I guess that's with a lot of things. Yeah, no, totally agree. But at the same time, I don't know, like, would you say that it's, it's integral to people's success nowadays? Or do you think you can still be successful outside of the digital? Can you still just rely on word of mouth and your work in the physical sense to get you to a place, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you're younger, you need to have a platform to just 
put something on because I didn't think it used to be Integra. I thought almost, you know, word of mouth is, is great. Like a lot of older successful artists don't use Instagram, but I guess they were kind of, they made a success themselves before the time of Instagram. Um, so now I think, I don't think it's integral, but I think it, it just helps. It can help. It can speed in things up. It, it gives you a sort of, it, it's good to interact with people. So I think if you, again, if you're not using it to your advantage when there's a tool out there that can, it, it's sort of, why wouldn't you use it? It doesn't really make sense. I do understand that some people absolutely dislike it. A lot of friends of mine don't use it. So I don't know. I, to be honest, I'm not really sure whether it is integral or not. I think again, if you use it in a work context and you use it to its correct degrees, then it is an incredible thing. And I think you're silly not to use it, but I, I completely understand why people don't use it because some people don't like it. They think their work won't speak well on a photo and which is true. You know, sometimes some people's work is funny. Some people's artworks really shine from photography, but then others, you know, I don't think it does it justice at all. You miss the texture, you miss seeing it in person. Yeah, I think the key word that you said there is definitely context because it, it depends why you're using something, when you're using it, what your kind of purpose is for using it. So I think there definitely is still a way around that and word of mouth is still super important. I think that's something other people have echoed on the podcast as well. Photographers and no matter what field you're working in, it still feels like a very you know real tangible thing definitely man i think word of mouth is the most powerful tool of marketing and i think there's nothing better and more natural than word of mouth that's the thing i think a lot of people don't like to use it because it doesn't feel natural to them which i understand and you know i've had this conversation with friends of mine quite a lot about social media but i i don't know i think at the end of the day it's that question. It's like, do you move with the times or, or, or do you not need to? I don't know, you know, when it comes to mm. technology. So, yeah, it's difficult to navigate. Yeah, it's definitely, there's conversations you can keep having about it. No, sure thing. Yeah. I mean, I would love for us to go back specifically to your work now and touch on a few points. So, obviously, you work with a lot of different mediums, which, you know, obviously gives a lot of variation to your work. So do you have different approaches that you take when, you know, working different mediums or, you know, do you get yourself in the same headspace for all of it and end up in the same place kind of thing? Well, I guess depending on what medium you're using, each one really requires a different process when creating it. But I think the headspace comes the same amongst all of them. An idea might start from a drawing and then you look at something and, and then I'll think, like, no, I need this thing to move. I need this narrative to sort of be isolated in a room. I'll picture the scenario, which all occurs either written down or in my mind. But in terms of creating it, it is, you're hitting things from completely different perspectives, which is challenging. So, you know, painting is one thing, combining layers. And if I'm using threads in, with the painting, that's also quite time consuming and then a lot of the ideas stem from videos and photos and photography so i need to make sure i'm constantly always building up these folders of imagery and whether it's on a, my iphone or whether it's using an older film camera whatever it may be and then 
if I'm playing in sculpture, then I guess that's also a lot more hands-on and I'll usually experiment much more with that because that's something I'm quite new to still. So yeah, it really, it depends what you're working on, but I think you approach it from a different angle, but kind of idea will always stem from one thing, which is then broken down. Interesting. I kind of see like a, a bit of a parallel in something that a few different creatives, again, that have been on the podcast have touched on, which is that in a modern context, it's always better to be multifaceted because you're going to come into spaces where someone's looking for one thing, but just naturally, you know, they end up needing another, you know, creative talent. And it it ends up helping you out on a project if you can do multiple things. And have you found that when you've worked on like a collaboration or a project that, you know, you've been able to better benefit the person you're working with and, you know, your own artistic vision by being able to work with different mediums? Yeah, 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 for sure. I think when you collaborate with people, you step into their mindset and their worlds and the way that they approach it. So you can often take something from that and then approach apply it to yourself um yeah that's when the collaboration obviously works but sometimes it hasn't happened to me personally with the people i've collaborated with it's always been a you know really nice organic process but i can imagine i've heard from friends of mine who have said you know sometimes they collaborate but there's restrictions on certain things and then the minds actually end up not aligning so for the most part on my end, it's always been a very enjoyable and necessary experience when you collaborate with people because, you know, it's good to know how people work and it's good to know also how people think. I'm intrigued by that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that collaboration is kind of like the center point of most creative outputs at the moment. It's, you know, it's the starting point for a lot of really amazing ideas and cultural moments that we've had i think especially over the past like 10 years when collaboration has just become the norm almost i always feel like we've barely scratched the surface yeah for sure for sure i agree is there like any big brands or artists or anyone that you would just love to work with in a collaborative space regardless of how grandiose or niche it may be mm. there's a lot of artists and designers that i really admire one being there's so many actually so i i feel like i i stop myself from saying that because i don't want the, that person to sort of be at the top because it, it's not but <laughs> if you're if we're talking artists there's lots of amazing like sculptors i'd love to collaborate with or not even collaborate actually just more maybe be in a two-person show with that I think could be quite interesting. And then designers, yeah, like I've always admired um, Raph Simmons, for instance, I think. And I know he heavily like collects work as well from artists. So, uh, yeah, I think it's it's interesting seeing how people work on both ends. But there's so many more, but I just feel like I don't want to start listing and, and making it niche, even though I've just given you one name <laughs> gonna keep keep the mood board um wide and diverse yeah 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 totally but it's not e- not even just artists and designers there's you know like videographers i'd love to collaborate with and there's lots of different other creatives that i think 
I'd, I'd love to sort of just understand a little bit more about how they work. But yeah, in terms of, in terms of collaborating, I think that's just important. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you on that. I think a, a nice place for us to, to kind of wrap up would be to look at some of the collaborations and exhibitions that you've done and just kind of pinpoint some key moments for, you know, for you, like things that you thought were milestones in your career or things that you, things or people you particularly enjoyed working with or working on. Yeah, obviously with Ruben, I love, he's a good friend of mine. So, uh, you know, working with friends, there's nothing better. And I mm. think we're going to make some exciting things in the future together. Uh, other, other collaborators, other collaborators, sorry. Yeah, I worked with Dot Martins in the past. They were quite interesting. I also very British growing up here. I think it's, you know, I quite like raw brands that represent different parts of, um, of this city. So yeah, I think. Obviously, the more commercialized brands in terms of, I'm targeting towards fashion because I think that's sort of the, the place where I've collaborated the most. But other than that, I, you know, with certain galleries that I've worked with, um, right, I did my first two shows with Roman Rose and, uh, that's a gallery based in East London. And we had, that was really great. It was quite experimental. We used video installations, paintings and other mediums in the show. And I think it was, yeah, it was good. It was a bit, I was able to push myself. So I remember all these things along the way and, and, and moving forward too about things that I have done that I wouldn't do again and things that I actually really enjoyed and am grateful for at the, at the start. So yeah, it's always good. It's always good to look back. All part of the process, right? Mm, absolutely. So I think it would be nice to just share a piece of advice for you know any young artists right now that are just trying to figure it all out and just one thing you can give them to help inspire them on their journey and as they work forward yeah i think people need to for me if i if i could tell myself one thing when i was younger is to say no to anything you don't want to do and to keep going, like to keep pushing any idea you have and you don't need to show it immediately, you can do it. And if you're comfortable with it after two, three weeks, then push it. If not, then just don't be scared to chuck it or go over it. And yeah, I think to listen to people as well to a certain degree, but your instinct usually knows best. That was great. Thank you. Really, really, really appreciate that. I always think it's great when people are willing to be open with their journey and, you know, be willing to share some advice because like you said earlier on, it's everyone's story is so different and the way that we kind of navigate ourselves and, you know, the idea of creation is always very different. So to be able to kind of just open someone's mind up and see what's in there is a really, it's a really great opportunity and yeah, I appreciate your time. No, thank you, man. It's good to chat. Thanks for the good questions as well. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Creative Paths. For more information about this episode, check out the description or visit contact.xyz forward slash creative hyphen paths. I'll be back soon for more unfiltered conversations about creative journeys. Creative Paths is brought to you by Contact, the platform where creatives, models, photographers, and more find work and get paid, and where clients book the world's most diverse creative talent. Visit contact.xyz for more information.